0: Hello there, everyone. I'm Rob, a producer on the Black Country Talking News, and this week's edition is for the 24th of August 2022.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss Charity Beacon Centre. talking hyphen news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 880 we hope you enjoy this week's edition
0: thank you Angela been for us this week we have myself Rob Mina Christine Liz Ed Craig Helen Angela Mary Rodney, Mark, Tanya, and of course, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, some local news from the Black Country, our weekly trivia quiz, news from West Bromwich Albion and Wolves, a did-you-know section from Flashback Roger, the weather, information about location, app three simple words, a 10-day workout, Craig's Black Country joke book, and rounding us off, with a poem all about a cricket match in 1914 which was called off due to rain and then delayed because of the war. But first we have an announcement. There will be no talking news next week so the next episode will be on the 7th of September 2022. Up now then with the guess the sound question. I'm going to play a sound clip and all you have to do is simply guess what it is. So here's this week's clip. A think on that and mean will reveal the answer later alongside the usual quiz answers. We have now then as always then some local news. Brought us by Ed, Angela, Liz, and first up, it's Christine.
2: Evidence against Black Country Council's controversial push for more homes to be built in Shropshire will be submitted next month, it has been confirmed. The evidence is required as part of the examination process of Shropshire Council's local plan, a document which sets out sites in nearly every town and village in the county where a combined 30,800 homes would be built up to 2038. Hearings on the plan took place in July, but at their conclusion, the planning inspectors conducting the process asked Shropshire Council for more information to back up their position on controversial duty to cooperate rules. The duty to cooperate is a requirement for neighbouring councils to help provide space for housing and business land where other authorities are unable to do so. Shropshire Council's local plan includes 1,500 homes under the duty to cooperate rules. They will contribute to a shortfall of housing experienced by West Midlands Councils. However, the Association of Black Country Authorities, made up of Dudley, Walsall, Wolverhampton and Sandwell councils, is pushing for Shropshire to take on more of their development responsibilities, as many as 3,000 more houses. That call is backed up by solicitors representing the Bradford Estates, which wants to build up to 3,000 homes and a large business development on Greenbelt land west of Tong and north of Junction 3 on the M54. Shropshire Council argued at hearings that it had fulfilled its duty to cooperate. However, examining planning inspectors Louise Crosby and Carol Dillon asked for specific answers over the process by which the authority decided on the level of help it would provide West Midlands authorities. They gave the Council until August 5th to respond. In response, Shropshire Council has said it will reply by September 12th more than a month later, but the situation has been accepted by the inspectors.
3: The people of the black country have once again shown themselves to be a generous bunch as it emerges hundreds of visas have been issued for Ukrainian refugees to stay in the region. However, the news comes as a survey reveals that hosts need more financial support from the government. Since March 2022, Ukrainians fleeing the Russian invasion have been able to apply for a visa to stay in the UK under Ukraine's sponsorship scheme. The scheme, also known as Homes for Ukraine, allows UK citizens to host refugees for a minimum of half a year. As of the 2nd of August, 87 visas have been issued for refugees staying with people in Wolverhampton, 62 visas have been issued for people staying with people in Warsaw, 121 visas have been issued for refugees staying with people in Sandwell, and 84 visas have been issued for refugees staying with people in Dudley. But as the cost of things like food, energy and fuel continue to rise, hosting is becoming increasingly difficult, and the aforementioned survey suggests hosts need more help from the government. Across the UK, more than 17,000 sponsors responded to the questionnaire between the 7th of July and 14th of July, with more than 70% saying that the crisis had impacted their ability to provide support. Among those who said they were planning on hosting for six months or were not sure, 40% said an increase in the £350 monthly payments they received would encourage them to provide accommodation longer term. The Local Government Association, a membership body for local authorities, said better information was needed on what options are available after the six-month initial placement period. It added that the thank you payment should be increased to reduce the burden on sponsors.
4: Tory leadership candidate Liz Truss will continue Boris Johnson's work in being very supportive of Wolverhampton through levelling up, an MP has said. Stuart Anderson, a long-time supporter of the outgoing Prime Minister, said the Foreign Secretary would carry on with the government's investment in the city. Stourbridge MP Suzanne Webb has also revealed her support for Ms. Truss, who looks increasingly likely to become the next Prime Minister ahead of Rishi Sunak. It marks the first time both politicians have been able to declare their support for the candidate publicly, with the two prevented from doing so as government whips. Mr Anderson, who represents Wolverhampton South West, said he was backing the South West Norfolk MP after her pledges to cut taxes and boost defence spending. I know both candidates really well. They are two good candidates. However, there's certain things I strongly believe in, lowering taxes to try and boost the economy, which is core to what Liz is doing, he said. And I've spoken to her as well because Boris was very supportive of Wolverhampton. He really invested heavily into it and believed in levelling up, and I'm told this would continue. She sees Wolverhampton as very important for the levelling up agenda. Meanwhile, Stourbridge MP Suzanne Webb said, My view is Liz Truss is the best person to meet the challenges we face around the cost of living, Russian aggression and getting the economy back on track. I worked with her at the Department of International Trade and Women and Equalities, where I was her parliamentary private secretary. She is capable and experienced, works incredibly hard and gets the job done.
1: Black country in West Birmingham has seen a rise in the number of antidepressants prescribed by doctors over the last two years, according to new figures. Mental health charity Mind has suggested an increase in the number of prescriptions across England could be a sign of worsening mental health across the country. Figures from the Open Prescribing Service show 1,734,136 prescriptions for antidepressants were given out in the NHS Black Country and West Birmingham Clinical Commissioning Group area in the year to March, a monthly average of 96.5 prescriptions per 1,000 patients. This was an increase of 6% from the year before, when an average of 91.3 were given per thousand patients, and an increase of 11% from 2019 to 20. Antidepressants are commonly prescribed to improve mental health, but may also be taken for conditions not directly related to this, such as certain types of long term pain. However, the story is similar for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the most commonly prescribed antidepressants for mental health conditions in England. These are thought to increase the level of serotonin in the brain and are often used to treat depression and anxiety. SSRI prescriptions increased from a monthly average of 48 0.7 per 1,000 patients in Black Country and West Birmingham in the year to March 2020 to 53.4 in 2022, a rise of 11%. A woman has spoken of her
2: humiliation and upset after claiming she was asked to move from a pub lounge because she was with her guide dog. Nicola Owen, who is registered fully blind, went to the Claregate pub in Tettenhall, Wolverhampton, with her partner Carl Dainty and her guide dog Kit. After sitting in a lounge area of the pub, she said she was then asked to move by a member of staff for hygiene and health and safety reasons and was told that dogs are not allowed by food on the premises. Nicola protested that she did not legally have to move, but was so upset that she decided to leave the pub. The 48-year-old from Wombourne said, I'm extremely upset. It's humiliating. He told me to move and said dogs aren't allowed by food. Then he said he hadn't broken the law because he hadn't asked me to leave the premises. I told him that I carry ID books for her, but he didn't want to know. Nicola added, She's a service animal. I can go wherever I want. I can go anywhere I want in a pub. An assistant manager at the pub said she wasn't asked to leave anywhere. I asked if she wouldn't mind moving because there was a family eating at the time a table or two away from her. I don't know if the family have an allergy to dogs. It's a matter of health and safety. Her response was, OK, then I'm leaving. A spokesperson for the charity Guide Dogs said, Guide dog owners deserve to be able to live their lives the way they want and feel confident, independent and supported in the world. The law is clear and yet guide dog owners continue to experience access refusals which are almost always illegal. Up next we hear from Helen who of course has for us the
0: Beacon Update.
5: Hi everyone it's Helen back with another Beacon Update. Now we may still be in summer but it is as as ever here at beacon and on the subject of the seasons have you had a summer sort out this year our charity shops are always in need of good quality clothing homeware and furniture and we'd welcome your donation if you have one you can find your nearest shop on our website www.beaconvision.org forward slash shops but if you visit our sedgley center for any activities don't forget that we've got a shop on site and you can pop your donation in there as well. Now, here's a quote for you. We didn't realise there was so much out there to support people with sight loss. That's a word to someone who's used our sight loss advisory service. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have been impacted by sight loss for some time, our experienced team of sight loss advisors can help make sure you get the support you need. Call to book a free appointment on 01982 Eight eight zero one 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 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. Now, did you know that it is a national fishing month during August? Well, we shared an article on our social media pages about why fishing is good for you. I give you two points, keeps you fit and improves your concentration. Didn't know the latter. Well, if you'd like to try the benefits for yourself, why not join our next fishing trip? Call us to find out more about this or any of our activity sessions on, you know the number I reckon, 01902 880111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. Now, regular members of Beacon will know that good colour contrast can make all the difference when it comes to reading. Different colours work better for different people. Gadgets like a compact plus HD magnifier supplied by our friends Optila UK low vision can magnify and change the color of the text and background of anything you want to read and help make you make the most of any functional vision you have. To find out more about how technology like this can help you at home, call our sight loss advisors. Now hopefully you've got the number but I'll give you it one more time 01902 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org That's it for this week. I'll be back soon with much more.
0: Cheers for that Beacon Update, Helen. Up now, we're going to another section of local news. And starting this one off, it's Angela.
1: A woman has been left traumatised after two vehicles crashed into her property less than two weeks apart. The homeowner, who does not want to be named, was asleep on her sofa last Sunday evening when a car smashed into her property just 10 inches from where she lay. The house in Stableford, near Bridgenorth, sits on the B4176, commonly known as the Rabbit Run, a popular commuter route between Dudley and Telford. The dramatic awakening was a nightmare come true for the resident, who had been worrying about it ever since another car crashed into the garden less than two weeks before. She said... You have a niggling worry all the time that someone's going to hit the house but it's not just something I just have to worry about anymore, it's now a reality. I keep having panic attacks, I'm really suffering. You should be able to feel safe in your own home but I can't even go into the lounge. The damage will be fixed, it'll get sorted but it's going to take me longer to sort out how I feel. I don't know how to stop thinking about it. Now she's pleading for restrictions to be put in place before it happens again. The road isn't big enough. It's not designed for large vehicles. Cars use the straight road to overtake, but it's not wide enough. There's a couple of inches between the mirrors. They've only got to lose control for a second and that's it. They're in our house. She is hoping her experience will encourage the council to enforce a speed restriction and double white lines to stop cars from overtaking.
3: A councillor has condemned scaremongering around the COVID-19 vaccine after anti-vax graffiti was sprayed onto walls near a popular park. Councillor Craig Collingswood said he was shocked to see the conspiracy theory slogans on Park Avenue near to West Park in Wolverhampton. It has since been reported by the Park Ward representative who said the various messages, including vax kills, were bang out of order. Other slogans included don't jab kids, Media lies, claims how it causes myocarditis in athletes, no vax for kids, along with no to 5G. Councillor Collingswood, who sits on Wolverhampton Council, said, I was walking down Park Avenue and it hit me in massive big letters, all these anti-vax slogans in graffiti. There was don't vax kids messages and they've got sort of a no 5G conspiracy theory in there as well. And this is bang out of order. We've just come out of COVID-19 and the restrictions, and the vaccine has managed to help us get some normality back. And yet these people who have have some weird conspiracy theories about it, who will try and discourage people not to get it, which is contrary to all the specific scientific advice. I wasn't shocked by the slogans, but I was shocked to see the graffiti. In terms of the slogans, it has been going on for some time. Even during lockdown, you would still see some bit of graffiti here and there with these conspiracy theories, but it's just scaremongering, and I think it needs to be stamped out wherever possible, and I've just reported it now. I've had my vaccines, I'm triple vaccinated, and I had them immediately when it was offered to my age group, and it's kept me fit and healthy, and it's helped us all as a society back to normality.
4: Campaigners looking to save an ancient meadow are hoping for a tsunami of objections to plans to build houses on the land. The campaigners from the Save the Corbett Meadow Action Group are hoping that those people who attended a consultation meeting in Amblecote will put forward objections against plans to build a housing estate on the land. The meeting comes after a plan was submitted by Charles. Church Homes and the Dudley Group NHS Foundation Trust for 84 homes on Corbett Meadow, the last piece of undeveloped land in Amblecote. The site next to the Corbett Hospital on the outskirts of Stourbridge looked to have been saved after it was not included in last year's draft version of the Black Country Plan. But developers have now formally submitted proposals to Dudley Council for part of the site, which sits off Vicarage Road. It has led to a number of complaints and objections being listed with Dudley Council by residents and organisers of a meeting at Amblecote Holy Trinity Church, made a call to action for other residents to make their own objections. Following the meeting, Paul Watson said he felt that they had set out clearly to people what had been proposed and that he felt the meeting had gone well. Mr. Watson said, I thought the questions were clear, lucid, and obviously concerned for issues such as air quality, the historic integrity of the manor meadow and ecology, as well as the mundane issues such as traffic, congestion, and safety issues. If the plans went ahead, I think a fundamental part of the area's heritage and the late vestige of the rural landscape would be lost, which I think would be a travesty. The essence of good planning is the right development in the right place at the right time, and Corbett Meadow is the wrong development in the wrong place, and there will never be a time when it is right to do it.
2: Devastating thefts of bronze memorial plaques from three cemeteries in Wolverhampton are not being linked by police, officials have confirmed. Criminals have struck at Bushbury Cemetery and Bilston Cemetery this month and Merridale Cemetery last month, with more than 100 being taken. Police patrols have been stepped up across all cemeteries in the city in the aftermath, whilst the force said they were not linking these crimes together. Wolverhampton Neighbourhood Inspector James Bird said This must be so devastating for the families of loved ones whose final resting place has been desecrated and we are working hard to track down those responsible. We have seen similar thefts at other cemeteries in the city over the past few weeks and while we are not linking these crimes we have increased our patrols around all Wolverhampton's cemeteries. We'd again ask any scrap metal dealers or anyone else who has been offered bronze plaques for sale or suspect they know who's involved to please get in touch. Merrydale Cemetery on Jeffcock Road was the first to be targeted with more than 50 of the plaques measuring 24 inches by 18 inches, striking in July. It is believed they struck at night and almost a month later, Bilston Cemetery on Cemetery Street was broken into overnight and over 30 plaques were stolen, whilst around 27 were taken overnight at Bushbury Cemetery on Underhill Lane between August 10th or August 11th. Councillor Steve Evans, Wolverhampton Council's Cabinet Member for City Environment and Climate Change, said, We wholeheartedly condemn these reprehensible thefts. Make no mistake, we are determined to do everything we can to
1: stop these despicable crimes and find those responsible. Several inflatable blowers worth more than £1,000 were stolen from a fair running at a popular park. The equipment was taken from Bagridge Country Park in Gosplen, South Staffordshire, during the period between late last Tuesday night and the next morning, meaning the fair was unable to open. An appeal to find the items which are used to inflate funfair or festival items was posted at around 11am the next day on Facebook, alerting people to the theft. The funfair is based on one of the fields at the park for the summer holidays and will run until September 4th. Sheldon Locke, who owns the equipment, said there was somebody here on site for maintenance until 1am on Wednesday. When they left, it was all there, so it was taken between then and the next morning. There is a camera in the park, but they didn't see anything. It seems they parked somewhere, then came in on foot. To replace them, it has cost 1500 or £1,600, but what they're worth second-hand for someone to sell on, I don't know. We didn't operate on Thursday because of it, but we will be back up again soon. Any information people might have would really help. A post from the Funfair organisers shared on Facebook said, Should anyone be offered any of these for a cheap price, please be aware they are stolen property. We are in the process of acquiring CCTV images. And to the theming scum who have been dragged up to do this kind of thing and stop us opening today, I hope you get what you deserve in time. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition. And they're
0: brought to us... By Mina.
6: Hello and welcome to this week's ice cream themed flashback quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Are you ready? Question one. In what year is it thought ice cream cones were invented? Question two. What is considered the oddest flavour ice cream? Question three. What was the weight of the biggest ice cream sundae? Question four. What is another name for an ice cream headache? Question five. What was one of Margaret Thatcher's jobs before going into politics? And finally, question 6. How many gallons of milk make one gallon of ice cream? As always, I'll be back to reveal the answers later in the show, but for now, good luck! Thank you
0: for those questions, Mina. You've got me all hungry now. Anyway, up now, we've got another block of local news. And starting this one off for us, we first hear Liz.
4: A Brearley Hill businessman is donating £100,000 to ensure a hilltop church which has been used by his family for over two centuries continues to be properly maintained. Tony Whitaker is also giving £10,000 to help pay for the restoration of the clock on St Michael's Parish Church in Bell Street South, Brearley Hill. The money is coming from the recent £7 million sale of Delft Road industrial estate in the town, which 78-year-old Tony and his family built up over 41 years. For the last quarter of a century, Tony has been donating much of his spare time to helping to look after the church where he and his wife Lynn were married. Both were christened there as well. He began his voluntary work for the Grade II listed church parts of which date from 1765, after finding the roof was leaking and over many years has managed to get all the leaks sorted and has had damaged paintwork restored as well. Tony, who also keeps the churchyard clear of undergrowth said, the roof was in a dreadful state. I first became aware how bad it was 42 years ago when I was here to bury my father and wanted to do something about it. He has also recently paid £10,000 to provide improved central heating for the 18th-century building. The clock in the church tower was originally paid for by Salt King John Corbett, who was christened at St Michael's, and was in great need of restoration. Some of the ironwork is dropping apart on the clock faces, which I don't think have ever been maintained, explained Tom, who said that his great great grandfather had been the next door neighbour of the philanthropist and they had gone to Hill Street School together? Tony said that the parochial church council had been quoted £19,500 by a company in Derbyshire to put the clock right and put in a new mechanism, and he had pledged £10,000 towards the costs of the renovation. That money and the £100,000 he is putting into a fund for future maintenance and to cover unexpected jobs that might spring up is coming from the industrial estate sale.
3: A service station convenience store in Wolverhampton will be able to trade for longer and sell alcohol into the early hours. The shop at the Blakenhall service station on Dudley Road, Blakenhall is located opposite Phoenix Park an area notoriously plagued by regular incidents of booze-fuelled crime, noise and disruption. It falls within a cumulative impact area, a designated zone where the number and type of licensed premises has impacted adversely on the area. The application by Davinda Talwal, Director of Rondal Trading Limited, was granted for an initial period of six months, subject to conditions, meaning the store can now open 24 hours a day from Tuesday to Saturday, with sales of alcohol from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. and 10 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. on Sunday. Prior to approval, the proposal had prompted a number of concerns, most notably from Blake and Hall Labour councillor Paul Birch, West Midlands Police and licensing bosses. All three had expressed unease that granting of the extended hours and alcohol sale would lead to a rise in crime and anti-social behaviour in the area. The store will be monitored over a six-month period to see how the new hours are working out.
0: Tim Horton's in Merry Hill, Briley Hill has been handed a 2 out of 5 hygiene rating despite opening just two months ago after a child suffered an allergic reaction to food. An inspection was carried out at the Tim Horton's store on Station Drive, Merry Hill, Briley Hill on July 11th. And the inspectors also investigated the store following a complaint received by a customer that their 18-month-old daughter suffered an allergic reaction despite informing staff that she had a severe nut allergy. The child suffered an allergic reaction and was taken to hospital shortly after eating food served from the premises. A full version of the hygiene inspection has been attained via a Freedom of Information request to Dudley Council. The hygiene report states, The visit to the premises was also to investigate a complaint that had been received by the department alleging that on Friday, July 8th, a customer requested a meal for their 18-month-old daughter. When making the request, the member of staff was informed that the child had a severe nut allergy. The child suffered an allergic reaction and was taken to hospital shortly after eating food served from the premises. The complainant stated that upon ordering, no documentation was checked by the member of staff taking the order. It has also been brought to our attention that during a previous visit to the premises, the allergen information was requested by the complainant but was not handed over as it was being used by kitchen staff at the time. A spokesperson for Tim Hortons UK and Ireland Limited said, We take the standards within all our restaurants very seriously and have had all our processes approved by a primary care authority which all our restaurants adhere to. Following the EHO report, we are working with the Primary Care Authority to update some of our documentation. We are confident that upon review on our next visit, our scores will reflect the high standards that we implement.
2: Cineworld preparing to file for bankruptcy is a bombshell and body blow to people in Wensfield where a popular high-tech branch is situated, a councillor has said. The firm, the second biggest cinema chain in the country, has reportedly called in lawyers in preparation for a move which will impact branches across the region, including at Bentley Bridge. The 14-screen cinema first opened its doors on October 10, 1997, and has been attracting visitors from far and wide who were buzzing to see the new releases. However, the firm said earlier this week it was because a lack of blockbuster movies has hit audience numbers, which in turn had negatively impacted them. The stark news will come as a shock for people living in Wensfield and other parts of Wolverhampton as it comes off the back of the site undergoing a revamp. Councillor Phil Bateman, who represents Wensfield North, said, I think most people will find this to be a bombshell. We all know the economy is in a difficult situation and this news will be quite a body blow to the entertainment industry and those that rely on it for leisure purposes in and around Wolverhampton and Wensfield. The cinema reopened in 2020 and offered cinema goers the 4DX experience which utilised effects such as wind and water through high-tech motion sensors following the revamp. Philippa Childs, head of entertainment and media union at BECTU said, This is very worrying news, not least for the UK's Cineworld and Picture House workforce, who have already been through a tumultuous time during the pandemic. The UK's cinema industry suffered an incredible blow due to COVID 19, and this latest news will be very unsettling for cinema workers. We will do everything we can to support our members during this challenging time and will be looking to Cineworld to mitigate the impact of any bankruptcy arrangements on its employees.
1: Ten new jobs have been created at a £200,000 gambling shop which has opened its stores near Dudley. Mercus Slots Rooms featuring slot machines is based in the Moor Centre in Briley Hill and is part of the company's High Street £10 million investment programme. The new branch features the latest bingo and digital slot machines with the emphasis on low-stake gaming and payouts ranging from £5 to £500 and an extensive library of new and classic games. Customers will also be served free refreshments. Chief Operating Officer of Mirka Slot's parent company, Merkur Casino UK, Mark Shurtle said, We pride ourselves on our continued investment in UK high streets, and so it means a lot to be able to support the local community and economy in Brierly Hill and the surrounding area through the creation of these new jobs. Every new venue we open creates an average of 10 new local jobs and having created 400 in 2021, we are aiming to create a further 600 in 2022. Our aim with this new state-of-the-art entertainment centre is to give both new and existing customers a unique gaming experience in an environment that reflects the scale of the investment. I'm sure those visiting over the next few days and weeks will be as excited about this new Merker Slots venue as I am.
0: Event organisers and venue managers across the UK are being encouraged by RNIB to use the app Free Simple Words as one way of providing address information to help people who are blind or partially sighted. Up now, then, we hear more about this.
7: CNF Soundings. Features from across the UK.
8: Hello, this is Tanya with an article titled, RNIB hopes three simple words will help visually impaired people get around. A woman rescued from near Everest base camp after a fall. A business traveller caught up in a terrorist attack in Somalia and a diving accident in the Maldives. Three successful rescues which relied on Three Simple Words. Now, event organisers and venue managers across the UK are being encouraged to use Three Simple Words as a way of giving address information to people who are blind or partially sighted. The Royal National Institute for Blind People (RNIB) has announced that the charity has partnered with technology firm, What Three Words. Together, they will highlight how inadequate location information remains a significant barrier to independence for many. They hope to show businesses how a simple change can promote inclusivity and make it easier for people to find them. The free What3Words app available for iOS and Android and the online map enable people to find, share and navigate to What3Words addresses. Robin Spinks, RNIB's senior manager, Inclusive Design and Innovation said, As someone with sight loss, I know from experience that street addresses often don't provide precise locations. They might take you to the right building but then you've got to work out if they've come to the right entrance or need to be on the other side of the building entirely. Using what three words can help to reduce that anxiety and uncertainty and the extra time saved can be spent catching up with a friend or kicking off a business meeting rather than apologising to them for arriving late. For those with sight loss, finding specific entrances to buildings, meeting points at busy venues or a taxi drop-off can be a daily source of frustration. Journeys to new locations can be an exasperating experience if you can't see landmarks and other markers that appear in many directions. What Three Words has divided the globe into 57 trillion three-meter by three-meter squares and assigned each square a unique combination of three random words, a What Three Words address. For example, the three-word address for the square at the entrance to RNIB's London office is rooms, herbs, cars. The system has been designed with voice input in mind, enabling people to easily convey specific locations, including those with no street address, such as beaches, national parks, and bus stops, by speaking three word addresses aloud. In 2021, which rated What Three Words? number four in the top 10 best alternatives to Google Maps. Chris Sheldrick, Co-Founder and CEO at What3Words said, It's been amazing to hear from RNIB how technologies such as What3Words can make a huge difference to the day-to-day experience of blind and partially sighted people. Across the UK, the What3Words app is being used by many emergency services, agencies and organisations from the Environment Agency to the National Grid from the League Against Cruel Sports to the AA, from the Norfolk Broads National Park to Badger Trust, not to mention numerous district and regional local authorities. However, like all ideas, especially in the world of new and evolving technology, the usefulness of the app has divided opinion. In a BBC article in June 2021, Mountain Rescuers questioned the accuracy of using what three words, citing dozens of examples where the wrong address was given to their teams. Reasons for the errors were not given, but were likely to be things such as mispronunciation or spelling errors. Mark Lewis, the head of ICT at Mountain Rescue England and Wales said, We are finding there are a lot of spelling issues, which might be from when locations are given to the emergency services. Local accents have also been a problem. However, the app has fans, too, among the UK emergency services. In September 2021, Inspector Mark Proctor from North Yorkshire Police blogged about its benefits. Quote, everywhere in the world now has an address even a tent in the middle of a field or a ditch on the North York Moors," he wrote. For example, corrosive Koala Daffodils will take you to the picnic bench on the Cinder Track Cycle Route near Ravenscar, and Tracking Forgotten Buzz will take you to the summit shelter on Ingleborough in the Yorkshire Dales
7: soundings
0: you're listening to the black country talking news up now we have our final block of local news for this edition and starting us off we first hear the voice of christine
2: a striking new piece of artwork has arrived at dudley zoo in the form of a graffiti orangutan wall The zoo has drawn on the talents of Birmingham-based contemporary graffiti artist David Brown to make the new orangutan enclosure vibrant and welcoming. However, the zoo's main hope is for the art to spread vital conservation messages about the devastation palm oil is wreaking on the critically endangered species. Palm oil is the leading cause of orangutan extinction but is found in half of all supermarket products including shampoo, toothpaste, frozen microwave dinners and cookies. Dudley Zoo hopes the four new pieces of artwork on the enclosure's wooden fencing will draw attention to the plight of orangutans and the existential threat of palm oil. The art depicts a juvenile, male and female orangutan as well as a wheelbarrow of baby orangutans to depict the many orphaned babies who are being rehabilitated back into the wild at forest school like the one the zoo is funding at Sintang Orangutan Centre. The zoo will be adding to the interpretation around the enclosure in the coming weeks and will be including further informative signage and interactive elements around the threats of palm oil and ways people can help orangutans in the wild in a specially built conservation hut. It comes after the zoo saw the birth of two new orangutan babies within just four weeks who have been called Joe and Jim.
0: Thousands of spectators packed Wolverhampton to watch the first Crazy Races in the city. More than 20 teams raced from Queen Square on a special track made for go-karts. The event raised money for Macmillan Cancer Care, but each team had their own chosen charity too. The teams were all, in the pit area, in front of St Peter's Church, where people could have their photos taken and chat to the teams. Crazy Races organiser Sarah Belcher was delighted with the turnout for the event. She said, This is our first event ever in Wolverhampton, and it has been absolutely wonderful. The crowds have been fun and friendly. To see so many people enjoying themselves is just brilliant. The racing has been a lot of fun, and the carts have been brilliant as usual. So many people make so much effort with the carts and their costumes. She added, We've had crazy races in Shrewsbury and elsewhere, but are glad Wolverhampton has welcomed us with open arms. As well as the racing, there were several street food stalls and performances by singers and choirs throughout the day. One of the most popular carts was Batham's Bull. The team from the famous Black Country Brewery and had gone to the trouble of making a bull complete with horns, and the team had dressed up as matadors, even waving a red flag in front of their cart at the start of the race. Tim Cummings from the team said, We're having great fun today. We're from the Bull and Bladder and the Vine pub, but we're representing all Batham's pubs today. Our first race did not go that well. It is not as easy as it looks, and with a bad start, but we have to put that behind us now. The crazy races are great for Wolverhampton, and it's great to see the city centre so
3: packed. A five-foot lizard has escaped from its enclosure and is on the loose in Sedgley. The Nile Monitor is believed to have escaped at some point on Sunday night from a house on Netherby Road while his owners are on holiday. Nile monitors are large African lizards that have powerful jaws and sharp pointed teeth, but the lizard owner says he will flee should anyone approach him. A picture has been released of the lizard, but his owner says he is much bigger than the photograph suggests and is currently around five foot from head to tail. Mark Purcell is currently on holiday in Tenerife, but received a call from a friend who has been feeding his lizards that Nye, the Nile monitor, has escaped. Mystery surrounds his escape as the enclosure door was not open and Mark's other lizards are all still safe with no signs of a break in. Mark said my friend went round this morning to feed him for me and said he wasn't in the enclosure. He will be more scared if people approach and will run off. There is only me, my son and partner who can handle him. I think if people still see him, they would need to call the RSPCA. He isn't aggressive in it in any way. He would be more scared. He isn't going to last long outside. He needs to be near water. I am heartbroken. I lost one last year that I had for 16 years before he died. You can't just go into a pet shop and buy one. They are the second biggest lizard in the world. Mark bought the lizard a year ago and says there would be a reward for anyone who comes forward with information.
4: Film and TV star Tom Hardy has been competing in a martial arts event in the West Midlands and even took the time to embrace a star-struck young fan afterwards. The Venom, Peaky Blinders and Mad Max actor is a keen martial artist and was in Wolverhampton on Saturday fighting in the Reorg Open Jiu-Jitsu Championship at Aldersley Leisure Village. Big Tom Hardy fan Carla Frost from Wolverhampton heard he was in town and drove to the sports complex with her six-year-old son, Ollie, hoping for a glimpse of the London-born actor. Marvel anti-hero Venom is one of young Ollie's favourite characters, and he couldn't believe he had a chance to meet the man behind the mask. But it almost ended in disappointment before a kind-hearted charity worker intervened. Carla said... I received a message that he was in our town competing in a jiu-jitsu tournament, drove down, walked in, asked for him and was told he had just left. My son then burst into tears. The lovely lady from Reorg decided just to check. The next thing I know, this lovely man is walking across the sports hall to us. He instinctively scooped my son into a hug and proceeded to just make his year. He's so kind and thoughtful, so surreal. My son has grown up hearing me talk about how talented and brilliant this man is. He loves Venom, so this is something I know he will always remember. We love DC and Marvel in this house. Ollie and his brother have grown up attending comic cons and stuff like that. His favourite anti-hero is Venom, so when I told him we had a chance to meet him, he couldn't believe it.
1: There will be strictly a lot of dancing when ballroom enthusiasts take to the floor at a revamped town hall. The summer ball will be the first event due to be held at Dudley Town Hall after it reopens following refurbishment work. Ballroom, Latin American and sequence dancing will be on the cards at the event on September 3rd. The ball's organiser, Fiona Bennett, runs weekly tea dances on Wednesdays at the Town Hall in St James's Road, which have been held for more than three decades. We resumed the dances last August after the lockdown months, and we held a Christmas ball last year. My husband, Terry Wood, started them about 35 years ago, and when he passed away in 2004, I carried on. We all found the Covid pandemic crisis difficult because the dances are such a big part of our lives. It's not just the physical activity, it's the social side as well. Lots of people are on their own. I was fortunate that because I'm a dance teacher, I was able to do private lessons with couples when the measures allowed. Everybody's over the moon to be able to socialise together once more. We are looking forward to returning to the Town Hall after it closed early last month to be decorated. The ball on Saturday, September 3rd will be from 8pm to 11.30pm. Tickets should be purchased in advance and cost £7.50. Bookings are available by phoning 01384
0: 243 451. Up now, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger. And his Did You Know feature.
9: Hello again, everyone. Well, what with all these hot spells we've been having, I thought, well, what's better to talk about other than a nice big bowl of steaming stew? But then I thought better of it. So. Here goes with a more refreshing topic about ice cream. Now then, did you know that? It's widely thought that ice cream cones were invented during the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis, when the large demand forced ice cream vendors to find help from a nearby waffle vendor. He managed to make a suitable shape to hold a serving of ice cream for folks to use. The most popular flavour of ice cream is vanilla. After that comes chocolate, strawberry, and cookies and cream, and others. And while one of the most unusual ice cream flavours is hot dog flavour, quite a favourite in the USA. And the biggest ice cream sundae ever created was in Edmonton in Alberta, Canada in 1988. It weighed 24 tons. Before the development of the modern day refrigerator, ice cream was a high-end luxury reserved for special occasions. In 1843 came the invention of the ice cream making machine. It was originally operated with a hand crank and revolutionized the world of ice cream production. And if like me you've ever eaten one too quickly and got a pain, then there is a scientific reason that you can get an ice cream headache. It's also known as brain freeze. When something frozen touches the roof of your mouth it makes the blood vessels tense up. This is what causes the brain freeze. Before going into politics, Margaret Thatcher was a research chemist for Lion's Foods. Her real accomplishment was developing an emulsifier that let manufacturers whip more air into the soft-serve formula, paving the profitable way for everyone from small soft-serve ice cream vendors on up to Britain's fleet of Mr Whippy soft-serve trucks. And it takes 12 gallons of milk to make one gallon of ice cream. And the average dairy cow produces enough milk in its lifetime to make 7.5 thousand gallons of ice cream. And if you want something to try for yourselves, it's said that it takes up to 50 licks on average to eat an ice cream. Well, there you go then. I bet you'll try that lick test. I had to, but I lost count, I must admit. But who cares, eh? I have to say that my favourite sort of ice cream is the whippy soft stuff. So I'll now always say a big thank you to Mrs Thatcher next time I have her 99. Any road up, I'm off. I'm going to be a nice supper and a salad sandwich. So till next week then, I'll say bye for now. ta a bit. Ta-ra.
0: Cheers for that, Roger. Insightful as always. Up now then, we're over into the football news. Wolves were left ruining missed opportunities as they slumped to a 1-0 loss away at Spurs. The visitors dominated large parts of the first half and impressed as they frustrated Spurs and limited their chances. On top of that, Wolves created several opportunities on goal but failed to properly test the goalkeeper. After a poor first half, Spurs came out in the second 45 were point to prove and immediately put Wolves under pressure. It did not take long for that pressure to pay off when Harry Kane nodded home from close range to give the hosts the lead. Wolves threw on substitutions in search of inspiration and an equaliser, but found neither. Large said after the game, It's happened so many times, I don't want to have that feeling. It's hard when you look at the result, especially the way they scored the goal. We have been a little bit unlucky in pre-season, not just with players coming late, but also with our players being injured. Samedo, Adama, Moutinho, Raul but it's now a question of time for the new players to adapt. The players who come from injury need time to be fit and ready to play. It looks like the same beginning that we had the first season, so the feeling is the same. Today we played very well. We played against a fantastic team with this top manager, a big personality. In the first half we controlled the game, with and without the ball. We played well, created chances, but in the end we don't have any points. We go home with frustrations of the result but the confidence that we can play this way, and I want to play this way. In the Premier League, Wolves next take on Newcastle on Sunday at Molyneux. A mauling of the Tigers saw Albion record a first championship win of the season in some style to inflict the first defeat of the campaign on high-flying Hull City. Steve Bruce's men were comfortable and impressive 5-2 winners of a wild and memorable afternoon at the Hawthorns that included six second-half goals. Some of Albion's goals, particularly crucial efforts from John Swift and Darnell Furlong to make it 2-0 and 3-0 inside 10 minutes of the second half, were beauties from distance. The hosts led 1-0 at half-time via a Callum elder own goal, a lead that Albion had deserved after a decent first 45 minutes as it cannoned in off the unlucky defender. But the floodgate opened after the break through Swift and Furlong before Carl and Grant added a fourth from the spot and captain Dara O'Shea turned in late on with a fifth. Hull striker Oscar Esperturian struck a brace to make it 4-1 and 5-2. But the points were already long secured for Albion on what was billed as an important afternoon to get off the mark in the Championship. After the game, new boy Swift said, We want to perform like this every single game. If we scored five every game, it would be nice. But we know the Championship is tough and there are hard games ahead. But even if we perform a hard performance we did here, we could maybe get one or two then perhaps we'll just get the one, and we'll be the ones to sit off and get the one-goal win. It was good to get our first victory, the pressure was on, I think everybody knows that. We need to get our first win. The pressure's off a little bit now. we can have the cup game next week, we want to win it and progress as far as we can. The next league game is also massively important. In the league, West Brom next have a trip to Huddersfield on Saturday, and then cross the Pennines to take on Wigan on Tuesday. Are you ready to get moving? Well, let's hope so, because up now we have the 10 Today workout.
7: Hello, everyone. This is 10 Today, a 10 minute set of exercises to do at home to help keep yourself active. Before we get to today's presenter, a couple of housekeeping points to note. The 10 Today project is funded by the Big Lottery and Sport England, and when you're doing the exercises, it's important that you don't push yourself too far, and by taking part, you agree to 10 Today's terms and conditions. You can read these terms and conditions at tnflink.uk forward slash 10T, and the 10T is the digit 1, the digit 0, and the letter T. And please remember that you agree to take part at your own risk. Today's exercises are brought to you by Mary, and here she is.
10: Hello, everyone, and welcome to 10 Today Series 2, session number eight. These are short, 10-minute physical activity routines, which will get you moving and stretching. They're great for your health, including boosting your mood. And very importantly, they're designed to support your everyday movements, your functional fitness, your flexibility, balance and mobility, such as when you have to reach up, turn, bend down and so on. These simple routines will help you with that. Just take them at your own pace. There are plenty of options. If an exercise feels too much, then just take it easy and have a break. All the exercises can be done either standing up or sitting down. Just do whatever feels good for you today. When lifting your arms or knees, only go as far as is comfortable. If you have any problems with your knees or hips, take care not to twist them during the movements. When lifting your arms or knees, only go as far as is comfortable. And if you have any problems with your knees or hips, take care not to twist them during the movements. It can also help to pull in your tummy when you're bending your back and just breathe normally throughout these activities. We want you all to do these activities safely. You are responsible for monitoring how you're feeling throughout the sessions. And if you feel any discomfort or pain, for example, if you feel unwell or dizzy or experience palpitations, then please stop and seek medical advice. Please remember you agree to take part at your own risk. If you're remaining seated, it will be ideal if you can use a hard chair, preferably one without arms, such as a dining chair that you can sit upright in with a straight back and your feet flat on the floor. If you're standing, just step your feet hip-width apart, relax your shoulders and take a good, strong stance. And you might want to have a sturdy chair nearby to hold on to sometimes for balance. We hope you enjoy 10 today. So we're going to start with a warm-up. You're just going to quickly tap or pat different parts of your body. So briefly tap along each arm one at a time in different places. Your upper arm, your forearm and your wrist. And do the same on both arms. Then pat the top of both legs. Just quickly tapping up and down your legs in various places towards your knees for a few seconds. Great, you should be nicely warmed up now and ready to move. So the first exercise is Scoop the Sea. We want to create a nice flowing movement. So bend your knees and raise both arms out in front of you in a scooping motion, lifting them to about head height with a nice soft bend in your elbows. Then straighten your knees as you bring your arms back down, swinging them back a bit past your sides if it's comfortable. So that's knees bent, arms swinging up to scoot the sea, then arms swinging down and back. You can lean into it as you swing your arms forward. If you're sitting, you can press down through your feet to get a good stretch. So just keep going with this movement, keeping it nice and slow. Try to get a full sweep of your arms if you can, going a bit higher and a bit lower. This is great for your arms and shoulders, legs and core. Now it's time for Face the Elements. So start by raising both arms above your head. Then just wave your hands and arms in the air and turn your upper body slowly from side to side at the same time. Keep your feet still and facing forwards while you're twisting on your hips as far as is comfortable and waving your arms and hands. Like a tree waving its branches in the elements. This is a nice short movement. You're not going to wave your arms for too long. Just another moment or two. Then back to the centre, arms down and we're done. This is really good for your hip rotation, back and core. So next up, it's see the clock face. So in our usual starting position with your feet hip width apart and your shoulders relaxed turn your upper body to the right keeping your feet still and facing forwards and push both arms straight up in the air above your head then sweep both arms clockwise to make a big circular movement like a wheel or the hand on a clock turning lean forwards as your arms move past your legs then straighten back up as you sweep your arms up to complete the circle so repeat this a few more times Slowly sweeping those arms through the air Going round, down in front of your legs And up to the other side in a big circle Then turn your upper body to the left And do exactly the same movement on that side So arms up above your head to start Then sweep them clockwise all the way round in a circle A few more times Keep the movement nice and slow Try to stretch your arms a bit higher and go down a bit lower if you can. This is another good one for hip rotation, back and core. Now the Cobra Strikes. This is another nice martial arts type movement, punching out with your arms and we're aiming for three strikes. Just start by bending your elbows and raising your fists in front of your chest as if you're ready for a fight. Then punch your right arm straight out in front of you. Pull it back towards your body, then punch it out at an upwards angle this time. Pull it back and finally punch it across your body to the other side. Now change arms and do exactly the same with your left fist. So punch straight out, pull your arm back, then punch upwards, pull back and then punch across and back. Keep going with this swapping those arms from left to right. Try to put a bit more power in your punch if you can. This is great for your arms and shoulders and your hip movement too. Next up, it's spill the water. So start by turning your upper body to the right and raise both arms above your head. Imagine you can see a big ball in front of you and just bring both arms slowly downwards as if you're tracing the circular outline shape of the ball with your hands. So you're making a nice in and out circular motion with your hands. Keep tracing that same circular outline, going downwards, in and out with your hands, bending your knees if you're standing and leaning forwards if you're sitting. Now straighten up and just do a couple more on the right side, starting with your arms above your head and slowly coming down. That's good. Then switch to the other side and do the same thing again. So turn your upper body to the left, keeping your feet facing forwards. Arms up and then lower them down, making flowing circular movements Tracing the outline of that imaginary ball. In and out. Bending your knees if you're standing and leaning forwards if you're sitting. Keep going. Try making wider circles if you can. This is great for your hand-eye coordination, your shoulders and your chest. Now we're dancing the rainbow. So start with a wider stance for this one by stepping your feet further apart. Lean sideways to the right, bending your right knee and keeping your left leg straight. Raise your left arm at the same time and just touch the top of your head with that left hand. Then straighten up, bring your arm down, then lean sideways towards the left this time, bending your left knee, keeping your right one straight and raising your right arm to touch the top of your head. Just keep going for a few more times alternating from side to side. That's good. Try with your legs a bit wider apart if you can. This is good for your legs, for your arms and your core. So this next one is called Charge and Aim. This one mimics the action of shooting a bow and arrow and you're going to shoot to the left and to the right by just twisting your upper body. So start by holding your arms in front of your chest with your hands crossed at the wrists, palms facing towards you. Reach your right hand back over your shoulder as if you're plucking an arrow from its quiver. Bring it back again, then pull that right elbow out to the right hand side and point your left arm out to the left as if you're taking aim. Hold that position briefly, then switch to the other side so reaching your left arm back over your shoulder to pluck an arrow, then pulling it back with a bent elbow and stretching your right arm out to the right. So repeat this a few more times, alternating from your left side to the right side. Try keeping your arms at shoulder level if you can. This is another good one for hip rotation for your arms and your shoulders too. Now it's time for Horse tosses Mane. <laughs> Start by holding your right arm out to the side with a bent elbow so you're making a right angle. Clench your fist and flex the muscles in your arm. Then still flexed, move your arm to the middle so it's in front of your face as if you're blocking something coming towards you. Hold it there for a second or two then move it back out to the right again. So do that a few more times on the right hand side and then switch to the left. So make a right angle out to the side with your left arm, elbow bent, flex your muscles on that left arm and clench your fist. In that position, bring your arm into the center, hold briefly, then push back out to the left. Alternate your arms and keep going a few more times on each side, flexing your arm out to the side, moving it to the center, and then back out again. Try to keep your arms at shoulder level if you can. This is really good for your chest, arms and shoulders. The next one is rushing the line. Just imagine you're holding a football out in front of your chest and turning it round in your hands, making sure not to drop it. So just keep moving your hands around the ball at a comfortable speed and at the same time step your right foot forward. Bend your knee slightly on that forward leg, keeping your other leg behind and slightly raised on the toes. Then step back, still turning the ball in the air with your hands. Now step forward on the left foot, bending that knee and keep turning those hands around the football. Repeat this a couple more times, alternating from right to left. Try to keep your arms a bit higher if you can and imagine a larger ball. This is great for coordination and balance. Well done. And the last one is called Settling Heron. So if you're standing, you might like to hold onto a chair for balance. Start by lifting your right leg off the floor and up towards your body. And at the same time, lift the heel of the other foot, rising up onto your toes. Lower both feet back down. Then swap feet and do exactly the same again with your left leg. Lift that leg up from the floor and raise onto the toes with your standing leg. A bit like a heron, balancing on one leg. Keep going, doing a few more on each side. So lifting one leg up and the other heel up, going onto your toes on that standing leg. Then bring both feet back down again. A couple more. Try to raise your leg a little bit higher if you can. That's good. This is really great for your core and balance. That's all the exercises done. So we're just going to finish with a quick shake to cool down. So raise both arms up above your head towards the ceiling and just briefly wave your hands and arms in the air. Then lift one leg slightly from the floor if you can. Shake it out in the air for a second or two. Raise the other leg and shake that one too or you can just shake your upper body instead. So that's the end of the session. Great work, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Doing 10 today just three times a week can have positive benefits for your physical health and improve your well-being too. It's short, it's fun, and you'll simply feel better. So do keep going. Up now, we have to hear what the
0: weather has in store for us. Brought to us as always by Mina.
6: The weather for this week ahead is mostly dry and settled. Temperatures will be typically hovering around 22 degrees. UV levels are expected to be moderate throughout the week. The sunrise and sunset times are 6.15am for the sunrise, 8.02pm for the sunset. For Friday 26th of August and Saturday 27th of August, we have sunny intervals and gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 22 degrees. For Sunday 28th and Monday 29th of August, we have sunny moments and a passing breeze with a maximum temperature of 22 degrees. On Tuesday 30th of August, we have patchy sun and a pleasant breeze with a maximum temperature of 21 degrees. And for Wednesday, 31st of August and 1st of September, Thursday, it's sunny intervals and gentle breeze, with a maximum temperature of 22 degrees. So, that's your forecast for this week. As always, enjoy the weather.
0: Thanks a lot, Mina. Now we move over to Craig. Any black country
11: joke book? Hello, I'm Craig, and I've got for you today some jokes from a Boston black country joke book. Went to buy a page from an and the bloke beyond the counter asked if I wanted to cut it in six or twelve slices. Six, I said. I don't think I'm gonna eat twelve. Anyway, I just grilled some fish fingers. I didn't get any information over them, though. There's a rumour there down Dooley Market. The local dentist, so are going on strike. Better brace yourselves. <coughs> that reminds me, actually. A friend of mine is so unlucky that the last banana he bought was empty. Also staff and my locals on here walked out all the way through, crushing my clothes. Apparently they were the evening striking while they are in the resort. Anyway, I'm Craig, and I'm from Black Country Joke.
0: Have you done any good quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out as we have the quiz answers.
6: Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Are you ready? Question one. In what year is it thought ice cream cones were invented? And the answer, 1904. Question two. What is considered the oddest flavour ice cream? And the answer, hot dog flavour. Question three. What was the weight of the biggest ice cream sundae? And the answer, 24 tonnes. Question four. What is another name for an ice cream headache? And the answer, brain freeze. Question five. What was one of Margaret Thatcher's jobs before going into politics? And the answer here is research chemist. Question six. How many gallons of milk makes one gallon of ice cream? And the answer here is 12 gallons. How did you do? Great, I hope. But if not, there's always another chance to have a go next week. Now, did you get the answer to this week's Guess the Sound question that Rob asked at the start of the show? Here's one more chance to hear it before I tell you the answer. The sound you just heard was a recording of a rocking chair. Now to end this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have a poem recalling how a September cricket match was interrupted by World War in 1914.
12: TNF Soundings Features from across the UK
13: And now from poet Sid Oates, this reflection on the heavy price paid by two rival villagers' cricket teams in World War I. The names that Sid remembers here are from the actual matches team sheets. And we thank Sid for giving us the honour of, of reading this to you. Thanks, Sid. It's called Rain Stopped Play. A day like any other September fifth, 1914, a day of expectation upon the village green. The final of the Swaledale Cup, a nip-and-tuck affair, though storm clouds gathered overhead as well as over there. Gunnerside turned out in strength to face their greatest rivals, as Grinton took the field to bat, a contest for survival. But rain fell from a leaden sky as a washout now ensued. To call an end to play that day, a cheerless interlude. The back page of the local rag declared the match a draw, though front page news was harrowing, reporting all-out war. Though lights were out in Europe, a compromise was made, that when the war was over, the match would be replayed. The team-sheet pinned upon the wall now took its pride of place, as bloodshed on the western front now quickly gathered pace, and word went out to join the Pals and form your own brigade. Within a week the lads had joined a pact to fight the Hun now made. Now Kitchener's new army had gained its new recruits, cricket-whites forsaken, replaced by khaki-suits. Now the butcher boy and baker and the teenage farmer's hand were standing too with bayonets drawn to walk in no man's land. The first to fall was Brian Clark. He didn't stand a chance. Out for a duck caught in the slips, attempting to advance. He opened bat for Gunnarside, a gifted protégé. Three more would fall to share his fate before the close of play. THE CAPTAIN OF THE GRINTON TEAM ALSO MET HIS SAD demise, AS DID WARD, OUR VILLAGE BUTCHER, NOTED FOR HIS HOT PORK PIES. ALLPORT DIED OF HIS INJURIES, consummate BEHIND THE WICKET, BAD LIGHT BRINGING CLOSURE ON HIS OPEN DAY OF CRICKET. THE SOUND THAT LEATHER MAKES ON WILLOW, NOW REPLACED BY CANNON FIRE, WHILE SHELL SHOCK REAPED ITS HAVOC, on all-rounder David Dyer, while Ierson, our captain, made a stand with Peter Hughes, unaware their days were numbered as they walked in dead men's shoes. Bombardment from the German lines brought horror to the front. Against their foes' hostility, they finally faced the brunt. Their innings almost at an end, through injury retired, then faced the final over and tardily expired. Those days of cricket on the green now seemed so far away. The cries of, Pitch it up! rang clear, still echo in our ears today. That hallowed square of new-mown sward, the spread of tea and fresh-baked cake, the moan when someone hit a six and it landed in the lake. There's a rumour going down the line we're going to have a final push. Haig is heading for Berlin, and they say he's in a bloody rush. Yet another of his master plans to break the Bosch resistance, the battle of the men in road, now echoes in the distance. Within a week, ten thousand men had met their eternal maker, the butcher's boy, the farmer's lad, the grocer and the baker. The life blood of the Yorkshire Dales Young men who played the game with pride Will no longer check the team sheet To see if they've made the side. How I long to play the game once more And take the field in God's good grace And run in from the Richmond end To bowl one down at medium pace! What once a field of verdant lawn Cared for by man's loving hand Now all we see are fields of mud, Not England's green and pleasant land. Now four hard years of fighting past, The ones that joined the Powell's are few, Their names now carved in wood and stone, Wadsley, McMahon, Slack, and Pew. The dawn of man so far-flung now, Their memory sublime, Now resting in perpetuum, Frozen by the hands of time. At last our prayers are answered, The sound of church bells tolls once more, But the twenty-two who joined the pals Now number only four. Though sweet the smell of England, With scent of rose and columbine, The rancor of the fallen dead, Unchangeable and saturnine oh how i miss those halcyon days that quintessential summer scene when two sides battled tooth and nail upon the village green the hallowed square now all forlorn in need of tender loving care awaits the team to take the field but sadly they're not here Tell me that we won the war, but how can that be so when young men gave their lives for free, their futures to forego? But what now of our promise, that half done game we pledged to play when Gunnerside faced Grinton and sadly, rain stopped play?
12: TNS Soundings.